to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 33, the Punchboarders talk about origins. We're going to head over to Clefts for a Kickstarter corner. We're going to draft our favorite five-plus non-party games and then continue with our review of the next 10 of the BGG Top 100. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. No, I'm Richie. Woo! Hey, we're back together, guys. Hey, the old stomping grounds, back to our normal <laughs> yeah. place to record. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Richie, how's, nice. how's the knee doing? Hey, I'm driving. All right. That's, that's all I care about. <laughs> he is more mobile now. <laughs> My yep. first day of driving, I just got in the car and just drove around... Nice. I didn't go anywhere. Just, just, <laughs> I just like, drove around. I was just happy. I was just free. Because you were stuck in that house for a while there. Eight weeks. Yeah. Eight That's weeks. a long time. Yeah. Hey, you still got to send some great gaming, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't that bad, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm honest. <laughs> Speaking of great gaming, I, I just got to say, there was oh, a boy. lot of pictures up on the social media the other night. So I saw, I, I don't know, Richie, you weren't there either, but I just saw you, or I, I just saw Clef playing Root. Right, I know. You see I, that? <laughs> I, uh, but I also saw his expression in can, the picture. I, was it? he smiling? He looked like he was smiling, kind of, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, can I, can, can you prove this? Is this I, is yeah, there is thing? photographable, photographic evidence, and they they linked you on a tweet. So there's plenty of okay. Internet. I can I can explain. All right, I want to hear this because see, I, I saw something about a birthday and stuff. So I'm thinking either either Clef needs to change his rating of root or 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 this person whose birthday it was who got him to play likes making clef miserable so either he needs to reassess his friends or his board game rating i, I don't know it, I, and and i saw the scores and i would like some strategy tips out of you as well yeah, sure <laughs> so i went over to our local listener jake's for his saturday night gaming night that he has once a month and I'm all excited, but I had to get there a little late because I had to work a little bit because just got back from Origins, so got to work a little bit. Oh, yeah. So uh, I was working and got there a little late, and I get there, and they're just finishing up Root, and with uh, a few people, uh, Dan and Mr. Ryan Freshman, formerly of the uh, Cross the Board podcast, and they uh, they were finishing up, and I'm like, cool, all right, I'm ready to uh, play something, you know, whatever we're going to play. I'm, I'm excited. We were talking about some different th- things. And all of a sudden, uh, they get done, and Mr. Ryan Freshman says, let's play Root again. And, of course, I'm like, you know, no. And, of course, everybody around the table is like, yeah, you're never going to get Clef to play. And then I'm telling you, I got the guilt trip of a lifetime out of Mr. Ryan Freshman, who, I will admit, got me the most amazing birthday gift. He got me a copy of the, at that time, currently out of print, Agizia, and he pretty much reminded me of that and gave me this long guilt trip, and I finally said, fine, I'll play Root. And I thought, can't be that bad. I, maybe maybe it was <laughs> it's better than I thought. So I played the birds, and I, of course, drew no wild cards in my opening hand, and then I went into turmoil, like, I don't know, turn two. <laughs> and then I, uh, at one point, and okay, the, the fun of the night, probably the most fun, is I literally was at a point where I needed to destroy just one thing on somebody when I attacked or something. 
and I rolled the two dice, and all I needed to do was roll a one on either one of the dice, and I rolled double zeros. And I was like, yep, <laughs> this is why I hate this game. <laughs> so I'm telling you right now, never again. I don't care who guilt trips me. I don't care if if it was the only game left in the world, I would quit board gaming. Even <laughs> if it's my birthday, Clef? I I don't care. I don't care whose birthday it is. I'm so I, crushed. No, it's not happening. Well, thanks a lot, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. It ruined it for everybody. <laughs> why Why would you want to make me miserable? I was wondering that myself. <laughs> I was wondering why he pushed so hard for a game uh, that... Uh, I, I, and once again, as we often talk about, it still is the fun of being with people. And the great news is, is because I really could care less. I spent just a bunch of time talking to people because it didn't really matter to me <laughs> how the game was going. I am Ugh. impressed at how bad you are at that game. Though. Thank you. Thank you. Eight points with one of the strongest factions in the game. Uh, well, I told you when I randomly <laughs> don't draw the right cards and well, hey, let's not. I am not good at it. I'm probably not trying to be very good at it. And let's move on to more exciting topics. Than about yeah, like we at just a got certain back from point. origins, and we're talking about this. <laughs> at a certain point, I'm thinking, you know, why does Ryan want to push so hard just to be, you know, because I remember how it was playing that game with you. So I don't. I mean, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's talk about origins. Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. All right. So how was the drive? Oh my goodness, that's a long drive. I just got to say, I mean, it, it is worth it. But man, when you're in there, in that car driving, it's it's a you long know, and, drive. And going there is never that bad. No, you know because if a, you're excited, and it's you're ready to yeah. get there, and you know usually you've, you know, well possibly rested up a little bit. I mean, so we started at like what four o'clock in the morning or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, he was like, I, we got to start at four. I think I, I was at your so, house at like four o'clock yeah, or something. You were. You know, so I was even up earlier. But um, yeah, heading there not so bad. Let's not talk about the drive home. <laughs> well, do you even remember it? Uh, no. Well, there are certain parts. We stopped at one point, and I was driving, and uh, Chad and then uh, the other guy who went with Brent. Us, Brent, they were both sound asleep, and I'm pretty sure I was sound asleep while driving. <laughs> I don't remember parts oh of it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but we made it. It's all good. Yeah. Chad came through with, for me and drove like the last part of it way yeah. home, and uh, which is good because, yeah, I was- You were out. I was done. Uh, partly because, you know, uh, at nighttime I was staying at a little Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And so I always have to drive home after the night's festivities. And of course we would always end at like two or three in the morning. And the, that day when we were leaving, you know, I had to get up a special early cause I had to go pick up Chad from the, from the, uh, hotel and everything. So yeah, I was, it was tough, but yep. all right. What else you want to know, Richie, besides <laughs> car driving? Well, I'll tell you what, I was, I was fine when you guys were driving down. I wasn't getting uh -huh. jealous and I don't, okay. I don't tend to get jealous. Yeah. And then I see, uh, some message came through about, uh, Matt Leacock and, oh yeah. Mm. And that's when, have you seen that meme where the dog is sitting in the, the room and the room is on fire and he's drinking a <laughs> cup of coffee and he's yes. like, I'm fine. This is fine. <laughs> That was pretty much me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah, we did. It was, uh, that was the night we the got first, in. Yeah, the first night we got a text, text message, one of those things that you get from Mike Young from uh, Plan B Games. And he pretty much said, hey, we've got a couple of uh, new games that are going to be coming out at Gen Con and you guys want to have a shot and play them. And of course we were like, yeah, absolutely. That was nice to meet up because uh, Mike and Martin from Plan B kind of just... We met him at the hotel bar, basically, and sat down and played games. And it was really funny because he said, I want to show you Matt Leacock's newest one. And, of course, Clef was like, oh, it's a co-op, isn't um, it? I, well, somebody had told me it was a co-op, and I'm like, oh, boy, all right. I'm going to put on my, you know, my reviewer face and try to be a good, you know, all right, yes, I'll see if what's going on here. 
But that that was kind of a surprise. But to lead in, I mean, before we even played that, uh, Martin was like, oh, "I have this card game," and Clay's like, "Let's let's play that. Let's play the card game." <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so th- actually, the card game was was uh, was pretty fun. We 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 enjoyed that too. It was called the five two one one, and the designer was. Tsuyoshi Hashiguchi because it was originally originally released in Japan I believe and yeah. then they were picking it up yes. to give it wider release because yeah. it hardly it hardly got anything and it, it was really it was a fun little game we're yeah. we're all just there about five different color suits of cards and all of them have numbers except that there's a little wild sort of lizard on each color card how, how do you say that lizard's name uh Kodok and by the way, when when Martin says Kododo, it sounds like super cool. It, with it his does. Accent. I yeah. can't. Yeah. I mean, every, <laughs> I say it. At first, I had no idea what he was saying, but by the end of it, it was Kododo. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so basically, you're playing down these uh, different colors and numbers, and you you want to as you play them down in front of yourself, you want to kind of get these as points. But if at any point in the round that you're playing, the numbers that are in front of you on certain colors add up to eight or more. Was it yeah, eight? it was eight or more. Eight or more, then the, they bust and, and they that, bust, colors, yeah. that color's out. So you're just trying to kind of figure out how much you can put out and you're looking at what everybody's trying to uh, trying to do and mess up other people's colors. And then the, the uh, Kododos do... Are they extra you points get, when you get them like, out? If you hit exactly a certain number, and I can't remember if it's five or six or something, then you would score them. Otherwise, they would bust. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it a really simple kind of light a game. Push your luck. Push you know, your luck game. Yeah, yeah. You wanted to put out big numbers because it would score you more points. But obviously, the bigger numbers, you know, the easier it was to bust. Other people could bust you. It was a perfect bar game, though. This yeah. is like yeah. sit and drink and play at night. It was Absolutely, great. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was a nice little lead in to Era. Yeah. This this one's a good one. You're it looked like pretty cool. One. It's a lot of plastic pieces on there. and Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you would call this a roll and build. I yeah. think would be a good okay. way to term this. Uh, you basically, you have these dice that you roll and they, depending on what buildings you have, and it's almost like a kind of battleship board. It like, is because all the buildings peg into the board. Yeah. So, and they're gotcha. different size buildings because like he said, it's a roll and build. So it's like you are, you are uh, rolling the dice just like you would with a roll and write, but then instead of filling in, you're pegging in those buildings that yeah. do different things. And so, and obviously the different buildings within might give you another dice to roll. So you have more dice to roll or they might give you food or they might give you wood or stone or whatever, which are then the materials that you need then to build these uh, other buildings. And then there's like a track where if you don't feed your people or you do bad stuff or people can attack you and stuff like that, you go down on this, I don't know, death track, I guess is what I kept calling it. I'm not yeah, sure it was a it was plague called. track, I think. Plague. there, But around, you yeah. have other dice that you can roll that you just roll. Some of the faces have little plague faces. And if you roll a certain amount, even around the table, they can affect people. And then you have swords and shields. And if you have the most at the table, you get to take resources from certain people. Yeah. So you would like that, Richie, because it's a yeah. nice, it's a roll and write, but it had way more interactivity Interaction than than a lot of other roll and writes do. Yeah. So it was great. Everyone has their own board in front of them? Yes. Yeah. Work? Okay. I would say yep. that looked big, but maybe yeah. it was just the way you were taking that picture. No, yeah. And so the, the thing is, the price point's going to be sixty nine ninety nine, but again, it's a really nice production Beautiful. for the game. Yeah. So you, I mean, it's very tactile too. Just feels satisfying pegging these into your board, and then you have this own your own little village that you built. Not to mention your own collection of die that you know nobody else might have. You you're getting to build all this in your own way. So there's certainly some some a yeah. personal feel to it. Then they've got you know you've got walls that you can build around your city, and if you mm-hmm. basically if you build 
any buildings that you have inside of your walls at the end of the game, if you complete that, they double the points. So there's that, but yet it's a spatial element because I had problems because I wanted to put a certain building into my little, you know, my village, but it didn't fit. And you can't move anything once they're there. So you've got to be really careful with that too. I I mean, I feel like this is a definite, I, I really want to go grab this at Gen Con. I, this is a game that I think, for one, I think a lot of people will like it, but I think it's going to be a good wife game. I think she'll enjoy this. Yeah, it's it's one of those games that there are plenty of good decisions to make. You also, uh, there, there's not too much rules overhead. It's a very satisfying gameplay for anybody who likes those roll and rights. But then there's that interactivity piece, which is really nice because you feel like you can really affect each other. It's not just like, hey, two to 99 people can play this game. Go ahead and just see what you get. It's <laughs> it's it's much nicer from that perspective. And so I think where, where I thought at first, ooh, 70 bucks for a roll and write, there are more legs to this game, I think. Yeah. And again, it's one of those pieces where with Euro games, when you get to build your own civilization, even at the end, you can see in front of you, this is the height of that kind of a feeling. Or yeah. look at what I made. My mine is different from yours, and it's yep. it, it's cool. Yep. I, I uh, we were all definitely really surprised by it and uh, kind of excited for it. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I was interested just from the look of it. So yeah, it's good to hear that it's actually a good game. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first night, and that was uh, that was a good one. It was, it was it was nice to get to sit and chat with with Mike and play great games. And Martin was funny. He headed off to bed finally, and he had played soccer before his flight, so he was oh, yeah. he was really <laughs> tired that night. <laughs> oh. So. <laughs> so this is a little bit more of a working con for you guys since you didn't have free room and board this time. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> well, used to not being able to mooch off your parents. Yeah, What's up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I had to work uh, the CGE booth, which was nice. I, I met a, a lot of really cool people there. And Paul Grogan eventually was there. He got in late, unfortunately, but he eventually uh, got there. He had problems with his flight and other stuff. I, I, I got to sit and talk to Vlada Hvadal for a while because... Very cool. He was getting uh, he was getting entered into the uh, Hall of Fame there as game designer, so it was really nice to sit and chat with him. We actually talked about Space Corps because he played with Paul Grogan, and I'll talk about that in a recent plays at some point because I played at Geekway and still haven't talked about it. But we talked about that a little bit, and he told me about the game he had been designing a long time ago along those lines. So it was fun to get to talk with him. But yeah, yeah met lots of good people, and then we demoed a game that's supposed to be coming out at Gen Con called Letter Jam, which is a cooperative word game and so we got taught that all of us clef included when we were trying to learn it because brent was with us and uh, we all got taught that uh the night we got in as well <laughs> clef, gives, <laughs> clef gives it a big thumbs down but here's the thing about oh, it oh. we found out that, th that when we were getting taught that there were some some rules that we got taught wrong also it is cooperative game so uh, obviously that's going to be a, a, a word you're not oh no yeah you're not big on word games no yeah. no so so those those yeah, were dings no. against it, but honestly, the some of the scoring stuff hadn't been worked out yet, so that that is not as fun for for Clef either, because if you don't know who won or any of that kind of stuff at the end. But we got some rules taught wrong, and and the person who is who was playing, one of the people that were playing with us, was totally disinterested. So that was not good either. <laughs> that is true. But I'll describe this game for you. Okay, everybody has they get some letters to start with. You make some random word, like you can choose how big you want the word to be. So like, say, four letters. Okay. You make a word, and then you pass it to the person to, to your right, left, I can't remember which way. and then But you can't see what the words are. You shuffle it up, and then you're going to like be putting one of these letters up one by one. And then somebody at the table will say, they'll look at all the letters, and then there was like a wild and some other ones. Well, hold and on. You, you put those letters up Hanabi style, though. 
Yeah, That's so important so that you can, okay. you're not seeing your own letters. letters. Yeah. Gotcha. But somebody then will go, I can make a word with five of the letters that are out there, or I can make a word with six of the letters out there. Most I ever came up with was like a three-letter word that you know, <laughs> right. used a while twice or he something. He used ass right? over and over yeah. and over. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even tell you what my four-letter word yeah. was that I gave. Oh, man. Hey, it was the Spirit of Origins. Hey, All it's right. a family show. Um, so anyways, so basically you're just trying to make the best word possible, but the only reason why you're making a bigger word, it's not like you're like, oh, I can do better than you. It's just you're trying to use more of the letters so people can figure out what the word is. So like if I, if you couldn't, if I couldn't see my letter and you said, oh, I'm going to use Clef's letter and Chad's letter in the wild and you make a three letter word, I'm going to have no clue what my letter is because for one thing, I don't know what your wild, you know, it's just wild and I don't know what my letter is. All I can see is Chad's. Well, I'm not going to make a three letter word out of one letter. So you got to be more using letters that people can, like a word that it's all like almost like you have to understand what your letter is. And it plays two to six, but there are dummy players for how, however many you have less than six because oh, okay. you need those letters yeah, out. Yeah, but but yeah, the sure. dummy players are really not that obtrusive. It's just that you got to slot some other letters that everybody at the table can see. So that kind of helps uh, with making those words. But you, you, you're going around the table and then you can try to lock in the letter if you think you know what the letter is because these discs come out and they're numbered like richie your letter is number one in this word mine's two clefs is three and there's another four or something like that so um th it's basically one of those things where <clears throat> you're just using that and then you you're trying to deduce excuse me what your letter is and then at the end of the game when everybody has either made it through or you've taken a certain amount of turns then you try to face down, rearrange the letters that are in front of you face down into that word and flip it up and see if you're right. Ooh, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll just say it was not my jam. <laughs> it was the jam of a lot of people that come, though. There were sure a lot of people trying to get to play it. What? I mean, people were waiting all over the, the con to try to play that the game. The funniest thing is, is Brent, who we went with, to start with when he first played it, he's like, I'd give this a zero out of ten. He was like, this is terrible. And then he had to continue to teach it. And then, like, next day he goes to me, all right, it's a little bit better than I thought. You know, yeah, it's like a four out of ten. You know, and I got some rules on blah, blah, blah. By the end of the con, he was talking about how amazing this game was. I was like, <laughs> how do you turn from a zero out of ten to this is an amazing game? He uh, did that actually with a lot of games. Yes, actually, that's what I found about, out afterwards. I, I, it was, I was like, I, oh, I hate Brent. this game. Now I you love can, this game. You could talk <laughs> him into a lot of games. But but I will say that it, the first experience made a big difference for how we felt about it. So once you learned how to play the game somewhat correctly, it made a difference. Yeah, yeah. but considering I'm never going to play it again, it does not make any difference <laughs> no, to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, just word games, I'm just not big on I, I no. can sit through a huge teach of arc right but mm. I, I feel like an idiot like with those type of word games mm, yeah but clef did the capstone stuff he got to hang out at the capstone booth and get all that ready so. yeah uh so that's what i kind of did on wednesday was help set up for the capstone booth uh so you know obviously clay the owner and ceo and the main man of capstone and his wife, Ashley, was there. And then some of the other people I got to meet, uh, just real quick shout outs. There was uh, Justin. There was uh, Sharon. There was uh, Chris. There was, I'm probably not going to remember his name, Josh and Natalie. And then there was Joel, uh, who we met, who uh, we'll talk about a little bit more later here. And then, um, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, well, obviously, and uh, Tim. And then, uh, well, both Tims. And then, um, 
yeah, I think that's it. We got the booth together, and uh, that's really kind of a boring story because all that was is me <laughs> doing the pallet jack and moving back and forth with pallets to help set up the, the booth. But uh, then, hey, but after that, we did get to go to this uh, Mexican restaurant that uh, I can't remember. I think Justin was talking up big about this restaurant where they you basically have this. It was interesting. Okay, I'm going to tell the story. You guys are looking at me like, you know, but there's cool food, obviously, we know in Origins. And we missed a lot of the places that I normally would go to. But this place, you have like a whole long sheet of like all kind of different taco options. And you basically, to take the order, you just mark on the sheet like different things that you'd want in the taco or how you'd want it or hard shell or soft shell. It was really interesting of how you ordered tacos in this place. So that was cool. Uh, granted, Clay also bought like, I don't know, like three or four pictures of margaritas. So I had like three or four margaritas in the middle of the <laughs> afternoon of that day. Probably not the best idea, but... I'm going to say to you, Richie, his excuse for the rest of the night, even into two o'clock in the morning was, hey, I had three margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like a good excuse for, for every, yeah, for every for game, game that he lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> any game. Uh, but we... We, uh, you, you learned Irish gauge and then you taught it to us. So when you got back, Oh boy. Nice. So if everybody remembers the last draft that we had where I put Irish gauge on my stock games. Yeah, definitely. It was well deserved to be there. Turned out to be <laughs> yeah, a great pick. Yeah, Richie, I'm telling good. you, I'm telling you this probably for me and it's it, technically it's not out yet, but this might've, this was probably my game of the con. I'm not, I'm not okay. going to pick pipeline because pipeline we had already played, but right, right, right. For, for new to me, game of the con was Irish gauge. I mean, yeah, it, it, silky smooth. It would have been if I didn't get to play a game we'll talk about here in a minute. But. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of it, we played Mogul before you left for Origins. That's and that was did. good, too. And it, remember, <laughs> Richie added on his giveaway shelf to me saying, hey, I'll buy that off. He had him going, nope, I don't want to sell it. I like this yeah, game. Yeah, so good. Don't, I told you it was good. <laughs> and that sweet sound of dinging that thing yeah, in the bowl. It's good. It's good. The wooden bowl. I love, uh, did you see... Uh, Ben's comment on Twitter about my riveting description of mogul on oh, the yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ben from Five <laughs> Games for Dudes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was totally... Yeah, shut up, I, Ben. I don't want to hear it. All oh. right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Irish Gage, uh, real quick, it's, it's a winsome game. And for those of you who don't know what winsome games are, they're really kind of like shorter... Basically, like, mo most of them are cube rails games. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah exactly. But amazing. Irish Gage, literally two pages of a rule. Like it's a one page rule book that has front and back. That's it. Very simple. I mean, literally you can teach this game in less than five minutes. Okay. And it's a fairly quick game. You can play a five player game in, I'd say a half hour to 45 minutes. It's, it's very quick. It's pretty much simply, you know, on your turn, uh, you can put up stocks for auction and the stocks you have are what you're going to get paid out on, or you can lay track or trains. Of certain colors of the stock. Yeah, you have to own the stock, obviously, to place them. And then you can do what's called uh, call for dividends, which is where you're going to randomly pull these cubes out. And there's three different colors in the game. There's uh, black, white, and pink. And when you pull these cubes out, you're looking for your, like the cities that you're in will have these different cubes out there also. And you're basically looking for those cubes to kind of get pulled out when it's time to play dividends. And But if certain situations, and I don't want to explain the whole game here, but if you don't have a certain color in certain cities, you're not going to get paid as much as if you did. And then all those cubes or those colors then get paid on their, their stocks. And so for instance, um, you know, like if I owned two yellow stock and a red and a blue, I'm going to get paid if any of those dividends get paid out. But if Chad also owned, you know, a blue also, we're going to be splitting those dividends. 
So it's one of those things where the auction is obviously the biggest, most fun part of the game because you really want to, if you can, monopolize one particular rail if you can. And certain companies have, like I think the purple one only had two stocks or like the yellow one like had four. So there were certain ones that would be a little bit more easier to uh, manipulate. And then in the game, it's whoever has the most money. Yeah. But it's okay. simple. Yeah. It's easy. And I, th- I played it three, maybe four times while we were there that weekend. I yeah. mean, I, I love it. I mean, I was, I was almost ready just to, you know, put it under my shirt and try to run out of the capstone room without <laughs> Clay noticing or whatever. Cause I really love this game. Cause that's a Gen Con release, right? Yep. Uh, no, no, uh, September. No. It comes out September. Oh, we okay. had been able yeah, to pre-order you. it and I'm happy to say I, de- I definitely pre-ordered it. So yeah, yeah. I'm definitely in pre-order cause that's uh Northern Pacific, the other game that we played before you Oh, yeah. Took off for Origins. That's also used to be, a, it was a winsome game. I'm pretty sure I heard about it because of Clay on another podcast. Like I said, would have been the game of the con for me if it wasn't for City of the Big Shoulders. Yeah, I, we should talk about that because basically I want to say Clef could not be quiet about this game. I, I, wa- I wish that I had gotten to play it, but I was trying to uh, keep... Uh, keep myself open because Ryan Courtney, who designed Pipeline, was around the Capstone booth a lot. And I got to hang out with Ryan a bunch that weekend. I mean, he would come and find me and we'd just chit chat. It's great, great guy. But then we got to, I got to play uh, his Pipeline expansion, which I'll talk about in a little bit. And oh, talk about that now. I'm interested. Yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. What, what was that all about? Well, no, I, 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 I need this. to finish. He's just trying to change. He would come about this city of the big shoulders. That's what the game's called. But he, was crazy about it. He could not stop talking about it, but he didn't really know with the title. So he's like, oh man, I just played the best game. Shoulders on the city is so good. Sex in the shoulders? I don't city of the city of the city of the small shoulder. I never said the word sex one time when describing this game. I'd like to say. I, I, I don't I, don't I mean know. He, he it might so be better than it some No whoa 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 slow down family show here. So he yeah so he was going nuts about it. He didn't really know the title but he but he knew he loved it. But I'll, I'll let you talk about that. But then the pipeline expansion, really, really interesting. I didn't get to play the whole game, but I played with uh, with Jack from uh, California, one of our one of our friends uh, on the on the coast. There, she's um, Board Game California, I think, or Board Game CA, or Jack Board, basically on Facebook, I think. But she she's a great gamer. She loved Pipeline, and she's very good at it. As is her her uh, significant other Matt and I had a great time playing with them I only got to play a couple rounds but we played and and John sat in while Tim made all his decisions for him he's like no we're having a fourth player but uh, you I am playing for you because you've never played this game <laughs> we're playing the expansion it was it was great though all the markets even the placement of the markets and stuff is totally variable there nice there are some different uh, player powers one of them mm-hmm. is if you get in on the on the upgrades, one of them is get another upgrade for free next time you get in. Oh, okay, so oh, there, that's huge. Like, yeah, there was some big stuff, but of course you can see that, and they saw me. I grabbed that right away, and they instantly locked me out of it. You know, because manipulating turn order at the end of a round is really big, and I was like, oh right. yeah, I got, oh, you know, and Jack moved right in and shut me out of it, of course, <laughs> and so I couldn't yeah. I couldn't grab that next upgrade, and and that was it. But it was really interesting. It made for a totally different. And and there's I think there's extra sevens. 
so that when you put out that variable, Ooh, you don't need extra seven. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, it was like, oh man, I think I think if I remember right, there is. Yeah, it looked pretty bad. Uh, yeah, the the uh, I think it was the the blue. It was either the blue or the silver pipe was awful, 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 awful. Mm-hmm. But it was it was really interesting. It made it very different. And he's even talked about. I mean, it will probably won't see the light of day because he said you have to really play pipeline a bunch. But he, he's even talked about an advanced pipeline. That really changes some of the things up, but he just said, "I don't, you know, I don't see anybody wanting to play that after they've had like fifty plays, maybe." But I tried out. I got my Kickstarter in while you guys were gone mm-hmm. at Origins. That was one of the saving graces of the weekend because I told Jessica, "I was like, look, I'm gonna set this up." I was like, "Either I'm gonna, either you're gonna play this with me, or I'm gonna buy a plane ticket to Columbus." <laughs> Those are your options. So, <laughs> and what did she think of it? Uh, she liked it. Yeah, oh, she nice. liked it since uh, since it's. You know, quick. She was afraid at first because obviously it's intimidating when you see it set up. Right, right. It's simple. You know, it's simple and it, it plays fast. So. A, you know, I taught this game a lot over the over the con, and the beautiful thing about it is, is it's not a terribly complex game to teach. It's hey, you got ten actions. You're trying to refine oil, and you're trying to make money off of it. I mean, really, that's really the basics of the game, which. I know I was talking to Clay at one point about it, and that's what he said he really wants in games right now for Capstone is a simple rule teach, but with deep strategy. And that's really what Pipeline is. And I mean, it's beautifully done. So I would assume if you like Pipeline, this expansion is going to be something when it comes out. It's, I mean, still quite a ways away, I'm sure. But Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's all finalized. You know, he was having to, us test some of it. But I mean, that's what you want in that game, right? I mean, basically, there were no rule changes. It was just like, here's how, here's some different upgrades to play with right. that change the game. And here's here's that's some nice. more variable that's market nice. stuff and, and, and basically the way that they set out on the board. I mean, that's really it. This was kind of funny, though. At some point, Ryan comes up to me and he goes, so... Tell me the truth," he said. So when you played Pipeline, you know you and Chad and guys who who won who won most of the games. And I was like, "Gosh, I feel really bad right now." But I'm like, "Well, me." He goes, "Oh, okay. I just want to know if you'd admit it because I asked Chad that same question and he said it was you." So I just, I just, yeah, I mean, I was like, totally honest. And I was and like, "Well, I don't know what to say." I was totally honest because he, you know, he had, he he grabbed me to play that expansion and I hadn't played Pipeline in over six months, you know, if yeah. that. And and then I probably had like three plays of it, maybe. Maybe, you know, because we sent the copy back to Clay. And so so I was like, uh, I didn't know that this is what you wanted me to play test. I was like, because everybody else had had played and played recently. recently. And so I was like, I'll do my best, Ryan. But I don't know that I I I, I was floundering. a little. I know what you mean, because, boy, even when I went to start to teach it. Uh, you know, the first day I was like, oh man, it's been six months since I've had this game and now I've got to teach it. Luckily, I probably played it a lot more than you did because I taught it a lot back then. I picked it up really fast, but I could imagine, boy, that would be tough to start to play an expansion for something that you don't really remember the game all that well. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You can easily get yourself in trouble with money quickly in that game. I mean, I was just like, You'd be real careful. Yeah. I, I, at one point, though, because I knew because I had to meet uh, Simone Luciani to talk to him about about uh, Cranio Creations games coming up. And uh, so I was like, I'm sorry, Ryan, I, I'm going to have to leave here pretty soon because I set up this meeting. And, and he and he was like, oh, that's OK. But I knew I was leaving. I was like, I'll take a loan and I'll take another loan. <laughs> and, I, and so, of course, Ryan had to finish playing. And, and um, I go, uh, I go, hey, how'd that game go? He's like, yeah, I still finished last. Yeah. I was like, OK. <laughs> So anyway, sorry about that, Ryan. But it was it was it was fun to play with that. Yeah, that is awesome. Ooh, so you said you uh, set up a meeting with Simone Luciani? Yeah, I did. And actually, you'll be interested to know that uh, I got a look at that uh, card game, Masters of the Renaissance. That oh, the Lorenzo card game. Mm. Yes, that's and right. You stole it. It's yeah. here, right? 
I, I did, but then the marbles fell all over the floor, and I fell, and I, uh, yeah, he just, he okay. was, yeah, it didn't work. So it, it actually looks really interesting because the, it's basically that engine building mechanism of laying down the cards and, and also the track that you're moving along, like in Lorenzo, triggering certain things, and but you need resources to put down those cards just like you do in in Lorenzo but the resources are really interesting because they have this kind of mm, kind of an inset rack that these little marbles are sitting on and so you choose and then kind of push the marbles down till one falls out and those are the resources that you kind of get as you as you move along and so it was a really interesting kind of way to way to do that and use the resources and spend it. But it looked it looked interesting. It's supposed to play in about twenty to twenty five minutes. And he was saying that he he really wanted to kind of it's not the Lorenzo experience, but again, it's much shorter than that. And he wanted to make an engine builder that people who thought, for instance, that Splendor was not enough for them, that this was a, a next step up, but hmm. could really get played and you had more decisions and and things like that. I like the sound of it. Yeah. So yeah, that that was definitely interesting. I got a clo- another close up look at Barrage, which was really nice. So and he said, yeah, it's 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 coming out right now. So it's on its way to. Uh, Cameron, did you not. get the deluxe version or not? Did you, you back know, out? You know, I got. No, the I'm, I'm being serious. I don't remember. Yes, yes I got the totally. full <laughs> hundred and whatever dollars it was. I got the full kit and caboodle. Three-day like, map. Close Encounters mashed potatoes relief <laughs> yeah, map. Of, all the whole <laughs> kit and caboodle. Yep. But it yes, looks, I mean, I, I was telling him, I'm so interested to play that because he said, yeah, it's it's definitely more interactive than I usually design, but I really, I'm really yeah. proud of it. So, All right, so that was Wednesday. So what happened Thursday? Thursday was mostly a day of working. Uh, we we worked for most of the day. I, I will tell you one thing and we'll go into maybe greater detail, but I got to talk to Rainier at boards and dice about the games coming out there. And I took a lock, a look, Michelle at the Teotihuacan expansion. Coming <laughs> is, that out. The, is that a new way you have to say that? Yeah. Michelle. <laughs> Teotihuacan. <laughs> uh, I took a look at that and it was, uh, it was interesting. You got the player powers that, uh, that Zolkin had kind of almost and some other stuff that that's interesting a little bit more variable spots for the board and yeah. so that that should be interesting if you like that game and Sierra West which is a really interesting multi-use card uh, engine builder also programming game so you have this board right and it's got slots in it a la Lagranja where you can slot cards into the board mm-hmm. in different places. And as you slot them in, it makes tracks across horizontally. And then you would put your little workers at the left side and they kind of follow these tracks along certain production lines and can get certain things and build out more things and produce. And so it's really interesting kind of the way that you use those cards and slot them in in different angles to create those tracks and build your engine to, to produce houses or buildings or whatever i'm really beguiled by it It looks like lots of interesting decisions that you pre-ordered that one is that correct i sure did yeah yeah. you liked it a lot cool but that was really mostly thursday except until the mashup meetup oh yeah oh the blue peg pink peg and man versus meeple and the brawling brothers all three of them that was a good time now to start the story off i'm gonna let you know okay it was cold in columbus (laughs) it was cold i mean especially that night, I mean, there was like a storm, and I bet you it was, I mean, low 60s or something for, you know, the temperature. And let's just imagine, I was dressed for 85-degree weather, 
Right. Yeah. Okay. So I just want that to be known. Okay. So continue, Chad, with the story of of the mashup because you got there before me. It was it was overcast, and we I did stand outside. There was sort of sprinkling, but it was really nice because especially all of them did this, but especially blue peg, pink peg people. Uh, Patrick went out to the line and riled everybody up and spoke to everybody, and of course Christina made a point to greet everyone. I mean, everybody was was really nice. Uh, Robin and Patrick got got to talk to those guys. It was really great. Um, also, Jeremy, who wasn't there last year, it was nice to finally meet him in person. But it was it was really it was a really fun time, and a lot of the, especially the pegheads, um, were you know drawing in line and having a good time, kind of socializing, and it was just really nice that they spent time talking to almost everybody. You know, like they made a point to do that, and then they gave away tons of games. Obviously. Clef and I were not necessarily there for the games. It was just nice to see everybody, but I could not believe how many games they gave away. Uh, well, so you were there for a while. Yeah, I, was, I went there I with was, John. John, I met John Frazier, oh, yeah. our friend John Frazier, who was there uh, with his wife. She wasn't feeling so good, so she wasn't there, but it was nice to meet up and hang out with him, and he was hanging with some of the other Brawling Brothers uh, fans and mm-hmm. and entourage. It was nice, and yeah. got to talk with them. So you were there for a little bit, because I was working or whatever, and then I had to go eat, because I hadn't eaten, so, oh, man, I had some really good food that night, some pasta dish at one, I don't know where the heck I was, but it was amazing. <laughs> there was a lot of good food there, <laughs> no. if they didn't like you, always, if they yeah. didn't lock you out of the restaurant, there oh. were a lot of good places to eat food. <laughs> oh boy, that's a story. Um, anyways, <laughs> but when I finally get into the mashup, they, if Richie, if you remember last year how it was out on that patio, yeah, right? it was beautiful out there. It was beautiful. Yeah, beautiful it was really night, nice. Right? Well, this time they had the patio, but they also had an indoor part this time. Okay, which would have been nice because it would have been nice and spread out and easy and stuff. But like I said, it was cold. I'm not standing out in the cold. It's raining. It's it's terrible, right? So I come inside and. I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm old, okay? And the music is, you know, where I'm having to scream to talk to somebody. And I can't stand it when I have to scream to talk to somebody at a, you know, place where I'm wanting to talk to people. I'm surprised because you scream at Alexa here all the time. Well, (laughs) but then I don't have to scream over her. So I was Sometimes you do, actually. Well, okay. (laughs) So, So I was there for, what, maybe 15 minutes? I got to talk to Beth a little bit, which unfortunately that's all I got to see her. Every time I went to the Stronghold booth, I never saw her. Cake bombs? But, uh, cake bombs, yeah. It, no, did you get cake bombs no, for me? No, because every time I went over there, she wasn't oh, there. I was, I didn't get any either. Um, but, oh, that's good at least. Yeah. So, I, <laughs> so you didn't miss out. You didn't. You don't feel bad about it. So I talked to her for a little bit. Um, I got to see Brandon from the Brawling Brothers, and I talked to him for a little bit because uh, you know we met last year at ATB Con, so it was nice to chat for him for just a little bit. But literally, I was there for like 15 minutes, and I finally said to Chad, I'm like, I'm out. I'm, I'm going back. I'm going to go play games. I, this is just too loud for me. So I left, so Chad can tell you about the rest. <laughs> <laughs> well, after Clef left, things got pretty crazy. Yeah. So... <laughs> I cut a rug at one point. <laughs> yeah, I actually did, but that's beside the point. Uh, it was nice to R- Ryan showed up at, at Courtney and we we hung out a little bit. Also met some of our listeners, which was really nice. It was nice to have the t-shirts because we kind of didn't tell everybody that we were going for sure because we weren't sure that we were going until yeah. the last minute, basically. And so uh, it was nice. I was wearing the shirts, and so uh, so Luke, or one of our our listeners, Luke, and his friend Anthony came up and talked to us and. Just really great guys, really, really nice guys, and uh, it was nice to sit and talk to them for a little bit, and I wanted to come back and play a game with them, but the, by the time I, I got back to kind of making the rounds, they were they were they they had headed off, but 
it was just it was just a pleasure to get to hang with them. Basically, got to just hang out and talk loudly, but hung out and talked for quite a while, and then came back to the capstone room where where Clef was playing more games with with other people. And that's kind of the theme of this weekend. Like Capstone had their own room, just like some a couple other places, but it was really nice because honestly, it wasn't about Capstone games, although those were set out to play. It was just like you come back there and it was just like community time. You know, Man right. versus Meeple was, were hanging out there for a while and Blue Peg, Pink Peg and a lot of other groups just wanted to try the games, but we all got to hang out with each other and that was sort of the meeting place. Yeah, it was fun. Hey, Richie, ask Chad about his board game pass for the board game room. <laughs> oh, the board game room. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the $20 pass that we didn't yeah. buy last year, no, right? We couldn't last year. But, yeah, that's right. Uh, it sold out. Chad stood in line for, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes to an hour to get that. It and they expanded it this hour. year, didn't they? they? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it even probably ever sold out this year. And Chad, how many games did you play in the uh, board game room this year? Two. Hey, you know, it's better than none. <laughs> That's what I thought. He purposely, like, I'm going to play. Force himself to go back there. <laughs> because when we were talking about it, I was like, I don't think I'm going to need it. Because I was like, I'm going to play in the cash yeah. room. And I figured, you know, I have other stuff's going on. I'm like, I just don't think I'll make it over there. And, uh, yeah, so I saved myself a nice $20 bill. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> oh, now, I will say, though, there was one problem with the capstone room. What's that? It was freezing. You just cold this entire trip. I huh? was cold this entire trip, but I'll tell you. But I am right on the fact of this. It was. It, it, it was, was very cold. cold. People were complaining about it. it. I told on... somebody not to go to sleep in there because I worried that they wouldn't wake up. Right, seriously. <laughs> so. um, now it depended also though on how many people were in the room because like uh, some of the nights when there were a lot of people there, it wasn't so bad because it, it would warm up with the, the body heat. But a lot of times, you know, if there was only 15, 20 people in the room, it was cold. So you want to know what I bought, how much I bought at Origins? <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what games did you buy this year? Uh, crickets. <laughs> I bought no games. Only thing I bought was a jacket. <laughs> nice. A $50 jacket with a little Origins emblem on it, and it was worth every penny that I spent on that jacket. <laughs> you know what's going to happen next year is you're going to dress like for winter, and then we're, <laughs> gonna be like there's going to be 100 degrees. degrees. <laughs> I think I'm okay then because I can't take stuff off. But, um, and in fact, uh, I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday. You know, it was Friday. I think it was Thursday or Friday. Um, and I'm about to talk about this in a moment, but the designer of uh, Big, Big, uh, City of the Big Shoulders, Raymond Chandler, you know, it was cold in there. And after I went and bought a jacket, he was kind of like, oh, should I go do it? And I'm like, it's well worth it. <laughs> and finally he's like, gosh, I'm going to do it. And then... Uh, he, he was he was kind of like uh, yeah Clef's kind of a trendsetter here going let's all go buy jackets <laughs> to stay so we don't freeze in the room, but uh, it was it was still nice to always have kind of a room to go to and and just hang out and like I said not only to have a place to play games but we met so many great people in that room and played a lot of great games I mean it was it was a lot of fun well and like I said we all got to got to meet the, the Capstone crew too which was nice so Tim Coles who is works for capstone he taught me a really great game that i think you will like mm. i let me tell you something i was shocked that clef liked this game oh i, I was shocked but watergate by matthias Cromer. Oh, okay two-player game right it is a two-player yep, yeah. game and it is a car driven game and it moves quick i think of it as like the 13 days you know um right yeah that 13 days game which is supposed to be like 1960 or twilight struggle but mm -hmm. it, it moves quick and what you're doing basically is one one person is Richard Nixon, and the other person is the editor of the the paper, 
the Washington Post, I Washington think it is. Washington Post, yep. And you are basically playing cards. You have those multi-use cards. They either have points on them or events. And Nixon is in the center on this board of like a pegboard, you know, a string, like like one of those kind of connect the connect the people, you know, in those investigation things. Have yeah. The, yeah. So basically what you are trying to do is put out these little chits that sort of connect the pegboard from Nixon to one of the kind of informants. So there are different informants that were involved in the whole uh, scandal. And you are trying to make a pathway with those from two informants to Nixon. And that's how the editor wins the game. So they get to first get the informant on by playing out the card maybe. And then Nixon has ways to flip those over. But then there's also momentum tokens and, 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 uh, it's the momentum token and then the initiative token, the initiative token. Yeah. Yeah. So momentum token and the initiative token, which moves up and down the track and kind of determines who gets to play first each round. But basically if, if Nixon gets all the momentum tokens on his side, then he wins. And you're kind of trying to stall out the editor essentially from making those connections before the game ends. But the really cool part is a lot of those cards are very interesting and when you use them for the power, a lot of times, they're gone. That's it. And so you're really trying to decide, is this the best time to play this card for this? Or should I put it back into my hand and use the points for it for later? Right, right. Now, I'll tell you the reason why I think I liked this game um, is you have your own deck of cards is, is either Nixon or the Washington Post. So you know what you have in your deck as opposed to like a mixed deck together where like, you know, and I, and I'm not trying to, I know a lot of people like Twilight Struggle a lot, but for me, when I first played that, it was like, if I was the Americans and I was like, all I was drawing was the Russian cards. It was like, God, every time I play one of these cards, it's good for them and not for me. And that maybe was a little bit of the turnoff of that game where this, I liked it. Plus, like you said, I mean, you're talking probably a half an hour game probably for this. It said 30 to 60 minutes, but I felt like, I mean, you could get it down to 20. I mean, it just, if you're moving. Sure. I mean, if two people were really playing fast and knew what they were doing. Yeah. I think you probably could, but yeah, very interesting. This, if you like Twilight Struggle, I think you'll like this game. If you like 13 days, I mean, I think you'll like this, but if you just even like, like a little two player kind of, uh, you know, matching wits, like, okay, boy, if I do this, maybe they'll do this, you know, type of thing that plays really quick. Definitely look to pick this one up at the Capstone booth. In fact, I just saw Clay put out today that you can pre-order this for Gen Con, that you can pick it up at Gen Con. And I don't remember what the price point is on it, but I'm guessing somewhere in the 20, 25 buck range. I mean, this is, uh, and I'm not positive on that price point, but I'm guessing that's somewhere around in there. And it's a great game uh, to pick up. I would highly recommend that if you're at Gen Con, you at least check it out. I'm sure they'll, they're going to have some demo available to play. I would guess. I'll probably be there demoing it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, come so, and see me. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I would definitely recommend it because even if you didn't like those other games, I think it's, it, you might really like this. I've heard a lot of people talking about it already and we showed it to more people who were really surprised by the gameplay. So yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely think about it. But I, while I played this, I think, you played your game of the con. Yeah, let's whatever else we've talked about makes no difference because this is all that mattered from this con. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'll tell you this. I you know knew that City of the Big Shoulders was a game that I was going to be interested in, and I had you know I'd had a lot of correspondence with Raymond and was you know unfortunately uh, he was looking to try to get us a pre-production copy back in the early days, but we didn't didn't have one to get to us, so we didn't get a chance to play it, but. 
this was really cool when the designer sits down to teach you a game. It's like the best thing in the world because there's no, you know, there's no, no question. questions. Yeah. yeah <laughs> this is the rule. I mean, it's not like you can't make any player mistakes or any, or rule, excuse me. You can't make any rule mistakes. Uh, it was just, it was really cool. So I sat down to play a game and he had brought a couple of other people that were just interested during the uh, con when they looked at it. Um, one was uh, Seneca, which is a, a really great guy that we got to spend a lot of time with after that and played some other games with. And then another, there was a girl, who, Jessica, that was there who uh, we all sat down to play. And oh my goodness, I, I don't want to take too much time on how to play this game, but we'll just say it's kind of a 18xx style meets worker placement as opposed to like the route building. So you're going to have your company money and you're going to have your personal money and you're buying companies that then have stocks. So you're purchasing those stocks. And then, but the actual part of the game that you're getting stuff is, is worker placement. And you actually even choose, like you'll get like different worker placement spots because they'll be different each game and you're choosing to put them out. I'm going really basic on this guys, but I'm telling you right now, I got done playing this game and all I wanted to do was just play it again and again and again and again. You know, if it wouldn't have been, cause he, he play tested a couple more times in the capstone room. Obviously other people kept wanting to play it. And I kept that. Oh, if somebody else wasn't in there, I would love to jump in there and play it again. I can not wait. Our friend, so. Sean, who we got to meet at Geekway and, and hang out and play a lot of games with at Geekway. Our friend, Sean finished playing after Clef had and Clef's like, you loved it, right? Did you love it? Huh? And, and Sean goes, <laughs> Yeah, I think that could be an Arkwright killer for me. Ooh. Yeah. No, I'm not going that far not because that far Arkwright yet? is still has a lovely special place right in my heart and it's it's, a, it's I think it's enough different in Arkwright where this gives me that more that 18xx feel. Where I'm about to know, say does it does it make you more interested in trying more 18xx or like do, is this all you need? Oh boy, I tell you this may be all for me and I, I I'm still going to try more 18xx regular games because I want to see, and I know there's a lot of differences that they, they play, and, and so that's something I'm interested in. But for me, you're talking about that that feeling of that 18xx where I love, you know, I love the companies and the stocks, and I love all that part of it. But then the worker placement where that's, you know, that is something I love as opposed to the route building. It has had everything perfect for me. I mean, all that being said, I no matter what, this game is amazing. I mean, it is, I mean, Raymond asked me right there on the spot. He's like, so what would you rank this, you know, on a, on a, on the BGG scale? And I'm like, I mean, I don't know, 9.7, you know I mean? This is, I'm halfway through the game and I'm telling you already, it is an, um, I just, I can't wait. I, I don't even know what else to say, uh, but pretty much I'm done with the rest of the podcast guys. You guys can uh, continue because <laughs> I'm just out after this. <laughs> no, I mean, it, I, I just can't, I cannot wait to get this game and show everybody. I mean, it's once I get this game, you guys help to understand. I'm probably all I'm going to be asking you guys to play for like the next two months or something. All right. Well, fair enough. <laughs> but that, I will say too, cause I hung out with them afterwards. We went, we all went to the PETA house together. It was a good group of people. I was glad to kind of get to hang out, even though I didn't get to play the game with them. I was glad to kind of get to hang out with all of them afterwards. And so we had a really nice dinner at the PETA house and, and hung out. And then most of us, went to the heavy cardboard meetup after yeah. that, which was actually a really great time. Oh yeah. We had a blast. It was nice to see people that we had seen before. Again, we met up with Sean and of course Edward coming and, and it was nice for Edward to come and, and bust uh Clef, you know, yeah, on, on sure. just whatever <laughs> was good to bust him on. And, uh, and then we actually, we played times up down there and, 
what was really great is Jessica, who had played the game with us. Jessica was super competitive in a fun way, oh, in yeah. a really oh, fun yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. So, and she was just, she was frantically uh, going through some of those clues. And of course, then we had Brent in the game too. And Brent is just, he loves Time's Up, loves those kind of games. Very good. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, he was just, he was but, just puffing out his chest. Once again, imagine little, you remember the space because it was in the same right, space. Same spot. Yep. Yeah. Same spot. Very small spot. And really hard to hear because not because of music, but because of people talking. Right. So imagine while you're trying to play times up halftime, you couldn't even hear what the other person was saying. It was really tough. It was tough. I think there were like probably 50 people down in that space, yeah. which is great. It was, it was awesome. Uh, until we had to listen to uh, Rainier oh give his uh, uh, joke about, I don't have know. You, have you heard the monk joke? No, God, then I won't spoil it. They, for it, was you. Right. it. It was an April <laughs> fool's joke. Uh, it was awful. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. <laughs> but it was nice to hang out there. And then we went back to the capstone room for whiskey night, which was put on essentially by Chris Whitpan and his wife. And they had worked at the capstone booth during the day as well. And they did a whiskey night with all these different whiskeys. And people were back playing games until the wee hours of the morning. Yeah. Uh, it was great. It was great. the happening place. I mean, and uh, mm-hmm. lots of bad decisions were made that night. And <laughs> lots of very, very late gaming. But it was uh, it was a blast. Every time I would make a mistake in the game, I would just blame me drinking all night long. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was wonderful. I, mean, <laughs> I got to play. I think I played Irish Gage and Estates. Those games took way longer because we were just busting on each other and laughing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Uh, That night I got to, I got to teach, well, I got to teach Raymond and uh, Seneca and a few other people. I got to teach them Irish Gage, which was awesome. And then I even got to teach uh, Navigador that night, which I got to play a five-player game of Navigador. That was a lot of fun, yeah. We, I will tell you, the the one bad decision was, the, the night should have been over by this point, but... I wanted to get out. I I texted Ryan and said, hey, because he let me play his prototype stock game earlier that day, which was kind of his take on a party game. His take, because it's it's thinkier. It's almost like a stockpile mm-hmm. with some dice. Okay. But it's I'm telling you, Richie, you would love it. It's great. But you, uh, I, I said, hey, we got to play this, guys, after we play this. So there was one other guy who had played with me, and so we kind of taught it together. But what it is is, plays up to six players. Everybody's got a screen. You have money. And by the way, the prototype money he had for this game looked exactly like real money. It was it was amazing. <laughs> I took some pictures of it and it looks like people just threw down a whole bunch of nice. cash. Yeah. <laughs> but you have different stocks which pertain to different colored dice and they all sit out on cards. And then you have these chits that can move up and down on the cards as to the value of the stock, basically. And so there are dice in a bag, and you're drawing out dice and putting them behind your screen, essentially, at certain points. So people don't necessarily know how many dice you have to start with. But then you can scoop up dice that are on those stocks that, again, pertain to it and put them behind your screen. And the cards out at the top of each stock will say, okay, here's what happens this round. If the dice on this on this stock go up to this value, it's going to drop by this much. Or if it goes up to this value, it'll go up, you know, depending on a bear market mm, or a bull market. Okay. And so you're manipulating these stocks and you have this little comb kind of in front of you where you're taking chits and, and you can buy stock basically, or you can short the stock 
so that you can kind of sell or, or buy as you go. And you're moving that around your comb because in the end, it's just what your stocks are worth at the end of the game. Hmm. But you're seeing what other dice people might be having behind their screen. And then near the end of the round, you get to dump dice back in the bag from behind your screen. And then those dice get pulled out and rolled. And so you see how people are manipulating the stocks. So it, it's Sounds interesting. yeah, it's it's quite fun. I'm sure I didn't describe it fully, but it's it's a really fun little quick kind of what what's the stock going to do? Who knows what about what? And and actually playing each other because I was a noob in the game and scored really high the first time we played because nobody was paying attention to me, thankfully, <laughs> and they were just trying to mess with each other. But it it, it was really fun, really fun game, and awesome. I can't wait till he puts that out. So. Cool. Did he have a estimated time? Or you said it was a prototype, though, right? Right. Yeah. yeah so it could it's a long a, way off. Yeah. I mean, he, he's or? still no. He's still he's still having people look at it. While I was there, he had a couple companies looking at it and showed some really big interest, which as they should, because I'm telling you, this this will do really well when the, when they get the right format for it, the right yeah. kind of graphic design and publisher. It's I'm I'm not kidding. It's going to be hotcakes. Well, hey, he might be a new hot designer coming out. Well, we're really I, looking forward to some. I talked to him. Like I said, I really like this guy. He's he's a good guy. We're going to have him on the show at some point. So yeah, absolutely cool. Well, while I was you know sulking at home, I did see a little video you guys pop up. Yeah, we did. We did a little bit of streaming. Uh, Jess from Heavy Cardboard and. And those types of things was uh, asking us if we wanted to get on this twist game stream with uh, Ann. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we got to hang out with Ann and talk about some games from uh, Sarah from Z-Man Games came and chatted with us. And that was great. It was yeah. a fun time, actually. Oh, it was absolutely wonderful. It was, um, you know, I don't like watching myself on video because I think it's terrible. But uh, definitely, definitely much better at radio. <laughs> did, I, I watched some of it. Clef looked slightly pained. In yes, there. at the and I did watch it at the very beginning. He's like, "Where do I look? Where yeah, do I, I look? Like, oh, do I look at the camera? Do I look at the game? Do I look at Chad? Like, yeah. That's so funny. Oh boy, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, radio much much better. But, it was uh, it was nice though. We got to take a look at the newest uh, pandemic, which was a Kane Klinko thing, which I didn't know he was doing. So he hmm. he did kind of a real-time dice. The rapid response? Yeah, right. dice yeah. thing with, with them. So that was interesting to see. There was a trick-taking game called Meowy, which uh, looked like it would be kind of fun to, to, to play. Uh, there was a Shim, Shim Phillips game called Noctiluca, which was kind of a dice game about collecting these weird yeah. glowing plankton things. But that was interesting. And then... The probably the biggest one that was interesting to us was this light sieve builder called Hadara, and uh, forgive me, I cannot remember the the uh, I cannot remember the designer on that one, but it's worth looking into. Yeah, if you're interested in any of those, you can go watch Chad and I on our I don't know our TV debut. Yeah, we're on the we we put the the link on our Facebook page at Punchboard Paradise, so you can go join there if you really feel like feel like seeing it, but. Uh, it was it was a fun time. Yeah. We had a good time doing yeah, it. It was interesting for sure. So after we got done with the the twist thing, uh, I was back at work and I I actually did a little bit of demoing of the estates because still people out there that uh, are still interested in the estates and we as actually, they should be as they should be because it's an amazing game. Some of our listeners who also have a podcast, Dual Win Games, they stopped by. Uh, Tim, Ryan, and Aaron all stopped by to to say hi to us. I know they had already talked to you and they came by the booth and I actually got to have uh, Tim and Ryan sit down and, and demo a game of the estates, uh, which was really cool. Got to, got to show them that and really nice guys. And it was a lot of fun. 
Um, we had a blast playing and uh, wish wish we could have gotten to play some more, but obviously it's tough at the cons because just with schedules and everything, it's tough to play with everybody, but it was fun. Yeah, super, super great guys. They ha- share our taste in games. So if you guys like listening to us, you probably like listening to them. Dual Win Games podcast is their thing. And actually, Tim had one of my favorite professions that I, I didn't even really know about. Oh, yeah, he right. is a certified cheesemaker, which Ooh. sounds really, really good to me. I was like, like wow, I want to know you better now. Yeah, <laughs> so, what a great job, know, yeah. right? And he said something about he's like he specializes in a certain cheese. Yeah, or? well, he's you, you go to like he has his masters in it, and then you have to go and you have to have so many years in it. And he uh, he specializes in cheddar because that's kind of the plant that he's in. But also there there's feta too. And I was like, so like do the the cheddar people kind of hate the feta people? <laughs> or how, what is that like? Are they are they bi- you know biased against? He goes, oh, no, not really. He's said but uh, you know cheddar like you got to be you're lifting a lot of stuff it's really heavy so he's like most of the old guys move over to feta after a while because it's a little bit easier i was like okay so feta is where the cheesemakers go to die is what you're telling me oh that's <laughs> but, hilarious yeah no he's uh he was a really nice guy and it was great to talk to him so oh, that's awesome <laughs> but that day that day was pretty tiring because we were going on like what the third or fourth day there and yeah, that was yeah that that Friday was that was long and yeah that's pretty much the theme of the con was long long days and and lots not of much fun. sleep yeah not much sleep <laughs> well another one I want to know about because I saw it pop up on the Instagram is uh, Indonesia since I've been told I would like this game yeah well we we were out to dinner that night with uh, with Clay and Tim Coles and and Justin and Clay's wife Ashley and then Chad and Michelle also kind of tagged along and then we were also there with Joel from cardboard, cardboard reality. reality yeah and we were just having some really nice dinner i had some delicious tuna melt bagel thing i mean oh, it was a really good oh, uh, my goodness not delicatessen it was more upscale than a delicatessen yeah. but it was it was a uh, good what was it edward sort, and harvey's or something like that harvey's it was and, really great yeah. really great I wanted to say Passover food because that's what it mm. felt like to me yeah. when I when I when I've had Passover at my at my wife's parents' house. Like, and I got the matzo ball soup, and it was so good. And mm. uh, yeah, lots of yeah. great food there. But we had a great time. They had to hurry over to the awards because right, the so climbers was nominated. Yeah, absolutely. But before that, we said, you know, one game that we haven't gotten to play was Indonesia. I've owned it for I don't know how long, and I've really never got a full play of it. And Joel's like, oh, well, it's sitting in my bag right now. And of course, Clay and Tim were both like, "Ooh, you know, let's, I'd love to play some Indonesia." So after they got done the rewards and we got back, we we got in a game of Indonesia, and that's Clay's favorite game. That was I oh, mean, okay. he's like, "I love this game." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't Concordia. I was so surprised, but <laughs> his favorite game is Clay's Indonesia. Just like Concordia. Yeah, but, it does. Uh, uh, <laughs> joke there. Okay, all right. Uh, but he so Joel gave us a nice teach, and yeah. I will mention he had some really nice wooden bowls for his components. So you're yeah. already predisposed to yeah, like no, this game like nice, considering the components in this game were misprinted and they're like five times bigger than what they need to be like the yeah it's it's really funny. the rubber was huge it's, it yeah. was it was huge. big rubber big spice oh boy all right uh anyways uh yeah joel gave us a teach and then when uh tim and clay got there we we got started and let's just say that uh one point Chad whispers at me. This is maybe where, I don't know, maybe a couple of turns in the game or whatever. Chad whispers to me, he goes, do you understand what's going on? And I go, <laughs> I go 
No, he goes, oh, thank goodness. I, <laughs> <laughs> I swear, this was the first time I think I've ever felt like that meme with the the dog at the table of Monopoly, you know, just like looking around at everybody. But it was because... Well, the, they were so experienced with the game as part of it. Right. And right. they had... there. I mean, there was a spreadsheet that you could use that we all pulled up on mm-hmm. how many, you know, how to split the, the stock dividends, basically, of what you were what you were selling and, and shipping routes back and forth and all this stuff. And so they would stack things on the board and they'd be like, okay, so here's, here's this. And, and I was like, what, what are they stacking? <laughs> so I was like, Clef, tell them to slow down. <laughs> but I understood it, you know, and yeah. like right now I could sit down and, and give you probably 95% of the rules okay, and okay, understand what's going on. Couple of the things I would have to probably relook at the rule book to, to completely get, but I think I mean I got it, especially by the end of the game. Yeah, that um, was when it now, happened. It was like strategy three strategy wise, forget about it. I mean, right, I right. couldn't even begin to tell you the best strategies. Uh, well, I think Clay would probably tell you shipping is not the best strategy. <laughs> well, we really screwed him over. <laughs> it was my fault, really, because I didn't have much left to go into at the first one of the first turns of the game, and I had I so I picked up a shipping company, but of course I couldn't really see what routes I had to do. So I had some, but I left out one in the middle to connect them, and he didn't really realize when he was buying up mine that that's what he was getting, <laughs> and so I kind of let him have. They were like. Oh, you gave it to him for that little, you know, because you kind of can bid on it, which we'll talk about in a second, which is my favorite thing about the game. But you can bid on it for that little. And, and you know, he got it. But then the next turn, he was like, what? Oh, I don't. I did not realize that this is, not, <laughs> you know, so I basically <laughs> stuck in with a really yeah. stinky company. But this game, I mean, and I'll, I'll sum it up really in one word here or not one word, but really a couple of sentences. It really the logistics of the game are fairly set and kind of almost, I don't want to say boring part of the game, but really kind of, you know, okay, well now I'm just doing my shipping and I'm doing this and I'm getting some money and you pay people to use their ships and then, you know, you make some money and you might do some expansion or whatever. The fun part of this game is you, you do an auction for what you merge the, when you merge these companies together and you have so many slots that you can have for companies. And then you have so many mergers that you can do. And the cool part is, and Richie, you'll, you'll yes, love this is game. a Richie mecha- you'll love mechanism because I'm not talking first. When I thought about this, I thought it was like, okay, well I'd take one of my companies and I'd be like, Chad, we're, we're going to merge our companies together or whatever type of thing. Right? No, you can go. All right, Clay, I'm taking yours, and Joel, I'm taking yours, and we're merging those two together. Oh, nice. Yeah. You're not yeah. even, yeah. yeah. Not and then you just sit it. back like, okay, <laughs> what you guys want that? <laughs> and then everybody can bid on it. Now, mm. the people who companies they are, they get a certain, you know, they'll split the, whatever the auction goes for. So whatever the uh, amount of the auction goes for, they get to split the money. So you get something out of it. It was your company. But yeah, you literally can just tell anybody, yep, we're putting your companies together. And that was the coolest part of the game. Okay, well, we we'll have yeah. to get this played before you forget the before I forget ninety five percent. Yeah, by tomorrow, about down about ninety so. <laughs> percent. It was definitely good. I, I I enjoyed it a lot, and I saw how there could be a lot of strategy. The bad part of it was that it was a five player game went pretty long, and Clay was even saying that he's like, "Oh man, never played this at five players. It goes long." But it's also you had two noobs who were like. Okay, I put yeah. this over here. So. But I still think, yeah, I mean, it's still going to be a long game. I mean, it's yeah, no all, matter yeah. what, it'll I be mean, long. He, Clay said he actually liked it best at three player, and once again, though, it lasted late into the night, and you know, it was a late once again driving 
Chad back to his hotel, and then I had to drive all the way back to the Airbnb, and that, that was that's the drive. I don't that know was the yeah. drive. I mean, that, that was, was it. the next yeah. day. Yeah, that that's was it. it. Now I, I have not heard anything about a hot chicken takeover yet, which concerns me. Oh, so wow. I don't think you ate there, did you? No. Okay. Because, yeah, I, it, I I got to go to the North Market one time out of the entire. We weekend. were. I'm telling you, we were busy. You yeah. may have been, <laughs> you may have been jealous, but we worked. We did work. Yeah. So. I did hurry over there when I had a spare moment because it was at the beginning of the con, really. And I was like, I don't know when I'm going to get to go over here yeah. with my schedule. So I'm going to run and do it now. And I I got hot chicken takeover. I got the hot. I didn't get the... The, the holy yeah, whatever. That yeah, that thing. I did not get that. But I the hot was pretty hot, I thought. And yeah, I, hot I don't is think, really all that you need. I've yeah. done I've done the the holy whatever, and it Too was hot? I would not. It took me a while to get through it. Okay, I had to take my time. Oh my gosh, I don't think I would have been able to do that. Mm-hmm. I think I would have been. <laughs> I think I would not have been able to man my <laughs> man my station at CGE for very long. But I, I I got the I got the macaroni and cheese on the side, and then like bread. And so I didn't understand. I didn't watch anybody else. Uh, but I thought you were supposed to kind of make it like a sandwich. So I took the <laughs> I took the breaded like the breaded chicken. I had that. And then I put mac and cheese on both sides of it and put bread on it. It was good, but it, it was good for about five seconds because I didn't think it through real well. It got soggy really quick. So that wasn't that wasn't so great. But it, it tasted it tasted good. I don't know if I'm like I don't know if I need to get the T-shirt and go there every time, but. No, definitely don't need a T-shirt, but yeah, it's good chicken. Well, I definitely next time I'll have to check it out. But hey, at least I got to go to Fuzzy's Taco and I got in. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so I don't remember what night it was, but it was once again we were we were a little hungry, and there's the place right across the street, Fuzzy's Tacos. We head over there. It's about seven forty-five. I distinctly remember that because it was about seven forty-five. There's a note on the door. The door's locked. Then there's a note on the door saying. We'll open, you know, closed, blah, 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 open back up at 8 p.m. Okay. And then there's still people in and there's people trickling out. And we're thinking maybe they had a party. You know, okay. they had a big party there, you know, that yeah, somebody private hosted. Party. Private party. And so they're not opening back up till 8 p.m. So we, you know, it's late. And so there's nothing else, you know, North Market's closed. Everything else is going to take too long. So we're like, well, okay, we'll hang around. We're just sitting there talking. So they open up at eight o'clock and we go in and there's still a few people in the place. We go up and we order, not a big deal, right? We go sit down, we get our food, we eat, and all of a sudden there's an announcement over the radio, over the intercom, right? And a guy goes, uh, yes, we're a little understaffed uh, for business tonight. So we've locked the doors and we're not going to reopen for a while. So when you leave, please don't let anybody else in. <laughs> so you it was so funny. It was like, and, and and of course, as you're leaving, you see these like these people just standing waiting to get in, and and they're, they're like they look hungry, you know, like so sad, best, and like we're the elitists, like no, I'm sorry, this is uh, so, closed for you. So after they told us that, right? So mm. the best part is we're leaving. It's me, Chad, and, and Brent who came with us. Right. We get out there. And Brent, as soon as he gets out there, there's people. He's like, "Hey, did you guys want to go in?" And he just holds the door <laughs> the door open. Yeah, a whole bunch of, of people rushing. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and the food was terrible. Yeah, it was <laughs> boy, the food was bad. I don't know if I'll ever go to Fuzzy Tacos again. Well, I think when they were understaffed, because I was like, they just poured like shredded cheese into this thing. Did well, not even, even melt it, it on yeah, your it was, thing. Yeah, that's, that's the one right across the street, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I think we went there for like a breakfast or something. We did. It wasn't day. too bad. It wasn't that, no. Yeah, but it, the service wasn't great. No, if I remember. No, no. I, so, I think. Yeah. I, yeah. And they were, they were definitely were not prepared. But, anyways, yeah, that 
I think that pretty much wraps it up. Oh my I gosh. can't think of anything. Was anybody we forgot to do shout outs for? Is there anybody we missed? Nope. Yeah, just right. Richie. That's the only thing we missed was Richie. We did. I miss tell you, Richie. I was you, real close to just buying a plane ticket. I, I honestly, wish you would have. I, I had the days like, off. I was like, I'll just I'll drive myself to the airport. I'll fly in. I'll call call up oh, the guys, and then I'll send a text to Jessica and say, Hey, I'm in Columbus. Oh. We'll figure this out when I get back home. <laughs> and, you know. We did, man. We missed you. Yeah, we had we some of the listeners were like, where's Richie? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, hey, here's the good news is this will never happen again because I'm never letting you yep. go to Chad's. I'm not going to Chad's house again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not like nowhere near his house for like three months before Origins. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> stay clear. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be there next year. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure you guys are going to have to come over, maybe even for my birthday game day. But like I, I have built a ramp. In the back, so nobody has to go up any stairs. It's like a Maybe twenty a, foot ramp I'll with get a, a really chair so I can wheel over yep. the yep. yep. You know, just make sure you stay away from those steps. <laughs> oh, what do we got next, guys? Are we ready for a little Cluffs Kickstarter corner? Do it! I like this right. one. Okay, so oh. We got a good one here today for a Kickstarter corner. I'm excited about this one. I mean, this is like some pedigree here. This, this is. We are talking about the very first entry on Board Game Geek. This game, the very first, is that that is that blew my mind when I read that. I did not even guess. I never even thought about what would have been the first entry, but this is the first one, and this is Demoker. This is uh, came out in 1986. Was its first printing. Uh, the game is about German politics. You're basically trying to get people to vote for what agenda that you're kind of looking for them to uh, to vote for. And I mean, there's like a card draft where you're kind of drafting different uh, agendas that people will vote on or that you're going to vote on. You have auctions. You even get to like choose some special player powers that are kind of there's like a two sided card where one side you're picking special player powers as the game goes along. So you'll have a different thing that you get to do that other people don't get to do. And like I said, then, you know, the main thing is, is you're really looking to try to get different votes to go for your agenda. I mean, this is. A very heavy Euro game. I mean, don't don't kid yourself. I mean, this is a long. It's a long game. I think three to can, four, three to four hours. Three to four hours. You can play a short game or you can play a long game. Everything, those things that they talk about. I mean, getting to choose player powers. You know, drafting your agendas, auctions. Sign me up. I mean, it looks amazing. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. And Chad, this is by Carl Heinz Schmiel. So this Kickstarter is from Indie Game Studio and kind of a partnership with Spielworks Games and Uli Blindemann. And Indie Game Studio, of course, is made up of Stronghold Games and Indie Board and Cards uh, from that partnership that they just uh, amalgamated last year, I think. And so they... I didn't understand that word. (laughs) I'm not even sure I used it in the correct way. Uh, But anyway, they... they, Ben will probably tell you. I'm sure he will. That's a wronger. Yeah. But... Uh, this looks like they're only going to be selling it through Kickstarter or whatever they have left at Essen. And then kind of after that, there's no plans to really reprint it because for some people it's a game that they already have, but this is some re some tweaks by the designer I've, I've seen. And then that sort of shortened variant, it looks like as well. Mm, interesting. No, uh, you know, the, the cost of it is going to be $69, uh, depending on where you're at. Uh, if you're in the U S it's $10 shipping, obviously more depending on where you're at, but yeah, they got a chart, um, on yeah, they got there, a little so. chart there. Uh, so really a great deal for 
an amazing game here. Looks like it's going to deliver November, it says. So it's not a long turnaround for, for a Kickstarter, That's which is really nice. And I would say that this is going to be up when this episode drops for about seven days more, yeah. give or take. So if that sounds interesting to you, make sure to check it out. You've got about a week's worth of time after this episode drops. Yeah, I, it's it's a for sure sure one for me to get in on. I'm looking forward to a it. A classic for many people. Normally, we would head in and do our BGG Top 10, but guys, this episode's going a little long. People are probably sick of listening to us talk, so should we skip that for this week and move on and maybe do that next week and we'll just head straight into the draft, you think? Yeah, let's do that. Yep, sounds All good. Right, cool. What, what is the draft going to be for this week? So we're going to be drafting our favorite games that play non-party games that uh-huh. play best at 5+. plus. All right. All right. Well, tell us how we do our draft here at Punchboard Paradise. So we do a serpentine draft, which just means if you are drafting last in the first round, you will draft first in the second round. And we're going to roll off and... Actually, I think we all got a pretty long list. This is a pretty wide open category. Yeah, this is one where <laughs> if you choose a couple of things, I'll be just fine. Yeah. I've got pretty. It's not going to be quite as tight as last week's. Roll off. Four. Four. Two. So Richie Ooh, and I are rolling, rolling off, off again. One. Six. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Clough, what's the order? Oh, boy. I'm, I'm still going to go one. I'll let Chad go two, and Richie, you've you've got the swing. All right. Okay, so, well, I'm going to start off my first game that I'm going to pick that I think plays great at five. Eh, I play it at six, but I probably feel five is probably my best player count for this game. And uh, unusual for a Euro game to really, I feel like I really wanted this player count, and that's ground floor. Every time I've played ground floor, I like it at that higher player count. I've tried ground floor like at a two player and it just, or even a three and just not enough, you know, uh, interaction with the different, the advertising and the stocks and all that kind of stuff. So that five players is really my go-to for ground floor. I I really like it at that player count. Um, If you've not played ground floor, it's an excellent game. You have two different currencies of money and of files, which is basically kind of technology and you kind of have to have both of them to kind of run your engine. And it's kind of one of those things of how to figure out to do that. But there's also advertising, which helps you be popular, which helps you go in turn order, which is really huge. Really, really fun game. And I just can't recommend this one enough. So that is Ground Floor. By David Short. By David Short. All right, Chad, letting you go number two. All right, thanks for that. I'm going to snatch this up just in case Richie was thinking about it. This is a little bit lighter game. I always love this game. This is one that Richie says he's surprised that I like. And I it, I pretty much have to play it at five players. You can play it at lesser player counts, but it's just not quite the same. And that is Tammany Hall by Doug Eckert. Tammany Hall is still one of my favorites. Just a little area control game, but it's really backstabby. The theme plays out. It's really nice. Uh, Clef loves it almost as much as Root. And (laughs) it's one of those where you're playing in the times of Boss Tweed, and everybody kind of gets a different player power, which is handed out at the beginning of the year by the mayor, who's usually in the lead in points. And you are trying to lock down districts for your votes, for for control of, of the boroughs of New York City, essentially. And... 
there are different player powers like the chief of police who in this day and age it's it's probably not nice but it, he throws different factions of of immigrants out of the city and does different things but uh, it, it is it is a really fantastic area control game the theme is fantastic and you're negotiating with each other too you're kind of making deals on who gets to fight over what and who's going to go in on which districts yeah boy we, we almost didn't have a podcast after that day i played Tony Hall and Richard just <laughs> over. hey that was vince that's yeah vince rubbed, well, <laughs> vince rubbed it rubbed it in yeah pretty vince hard. rubbed it in but richie lied to me and told me to do something and didn't do it uh, oh you should know better now yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's my number one pick with Tammany Hall from Doug Eckert. Solid choices. That was my one and uh, two. Oh, no, no, no. My two and my three. All right. So my first pick, I'm going to take Kemet. That five is my favorite player count in this. I think that that gives you the best interaction, especially on that board. But it's kind of a mix between like a war game and Euro game. It's got some Euro mm-hmm. Euro things in there. but it's, Player powers. And stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a hybrid game for sure. Um, and for me, honestly, it's... Getting the the scorpion and then just going around killing people. I I sometimes I don't even really care what my score is. Right. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to terrorize the board. Basically, <laughs> that's what I go for. I definitely see that out of you. In this game. <laughs> <laughs> and we still need to get the the Seth. Yeah. Expansion played. Yeah. So uh, I don't I don't know when that's going to happen, but we got to make it happen. I, as as far as a you know hybrid Ameritrash type of games. I happen to enjoy Kimmet. I think that's a, it's a fun game. I mean, it's not high on my list, but it's definitely one of those that, you know, Richie, you're like, hey, let's play this or whatever. I'm, I'm definitely in. I do enjoy it. All right. So Kimmet for my first pick. For my second pick, I'm going to go. And this is a game that Clef actually introduced me this year, something Ooh. that I would have never played. And it's the Princes of Florence. Ah, good one. Is that on your list? Yes. <laughs> That's Wolfgang Kramer, right? Yeah, Wolfgang Kramer. And uh, and I didn't even know that it was a Wolfgang Kramer when he pulled it out. And this was, uh, while you guys were at Origins, I did make a, a couple of purchases out of, you know, just <laughs> make myself feel Frustrated? better. Frustrated? Yeah. <laughs> and, bl- and blamed it on the melatonin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you could have just bought a plane ticket. <laughs> I could have. Yeah, I should have. <laughs> but I, I picked up the deluxe version because uh, the Board Game Geek Market had it on sale. Oh, nice. It's in Italian, so I'm going to have to get the cards reprinted somehow, but I'll work on that later. <laughs> but it's nice. It's uh, But anyways, it's a, it's an auction game slash tile lane game, and I've only ever played it with the expansion. I yeah, can't I really tell you. I with the expansion to start yeah. with, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I don't know if I would want to play just the base game. I would, but I really enjoy that expansion where you have the banker and the different uh, yeah. personalities that give you a special power for the round. Yeah, I definitely think that's fun to kind of maximize yeah. what you're getting on those. And how you're going to take your turn and plan it out. Mm. Yeah, but it's a great little auction game uh, slash tile laying game. So, Princes of Florence. Yeah. All right. Good pick. Pretty so good far, list guys. so far. Yeah. All right, Chad, what do you got for your second pick? My second pick is one we've talked about quite a bit. And I like this game at any player count, but I feel like for me, it's best at five. And that is Klaus Zock's The Estates. So from Capstone Games. Lost it there for the second. Like the what? (laughs) It's uh, yeah. The designer is Klaus Zock, and uh, again, this is a re-implementation essentially of Neue Heimat, and it's we've been talking about it. We reviewed it last year. You know we love it. It's it's a great auction game. Clef demoed it a bunch, and actually, I will say by the way, 
I think Capstone did a really good job having Clef demo the estates that second day a lot because you know how you don't want to ever stomp somebody when you when you demo a game to them. Clef stinks so bad at that game. Was there was never ever any danger of that. <laughs> I was just all an act. I was just throwing all the games so other people could win. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Ryan Ryan wandered by as as I was kind of talking to some people right near Clef's table, and he's like. This is the nicest game of the estates I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, all right, all right. So, so estates is your number two, okay? Yep. So now that means, ooh, it's back to me. I got a little bit of a swing here that I can go with. Well, the first one I'm going to choose, and this is a game that a lot of people probably not had a chance to play, but I personally think this game you got to play this with five. I would never, I don't think I'd ever want to play. I'd try it with four, but I'd never want to go any lower than that. And that is uh Stefan Feld's Strasburg. It just is a really fun kind of uh bidding auction type of game where you get so many cards to start with and you can draw as many cards as you want each turn, but you can't uh, you, but you, that's all the cards you have for the entire game. So if you draw too many of them and you get to the end of the game, you may not have very many cards left. And then you're using these cards in different piles to try to bid on these different things. The game itself is a fairly simplistic game. There's not a lot, you know, meaty about the game, but it's just really fun with that type of auction as you kind of go around. Um, Just, yeah, I got introduced to this by uh, our friend Bryce uh, a few months ago and ended up getting a copy uh, from our friend Josh, who got me a copy of this, and I I love it. And I brought it, unfortunately, I brought it to Origins, but that was one of the games I did not get pulled out and i wish i would have because i do enjoy this one a lot it is a really great game and th- that was right there on the top of my list to uh to possibly take if it was still left so good pick good pick okay so that means i've now got my next one. Oh boy what do i think you guys would still have on yours that i would need to have? well i think i'm going to take my next one and this is a game that i love you know, I, I, I like it a lot at five. I'll still play this at a little bit lower player counts. I don't even mind it at four necessarily at three because it scales so well. But a game that, once again, I, usually Euro games don't play very well at five. I'm going to go with Brussels 1893. Mm, that was on my list. Okay, good. Mine too. Oh, that's what I like to hear. All right. This game, you kind of have this big board with different action spaces on it. And to go take an action... Not only do you have to use one of your workers to take this action, but you've also got to use money when you go to take this a- action. I mean, you can choose from anywhere from $1 up to as much as you want. And at the end of the round, you're going to kind of go down the row and whoever has the most kind of money in that row wins a auction type of thing. So it's kind of a, a little bit of also of a little cat and mouse type of thing where, yeah, you want to go and take certain actions but maybe you want to go get something. So then you win at the end of the game. And with five players, it really shines through where you've got a lot of people to worry about. And, oh, well they do this and that. And so it, it really works out well. Plus the main board where you're placing, you also have workers that you place and whoever ends up having the most workers out there, like basically loses one of the workers. They get sent off to city council or I don't know, jail, whatever the heck they do. Um, so that's more interesting up there because oh, well, okay, that person put a couple up there. I can go and put one up there. Oh, now somebody else, you know. And so once again, that nice cat and mouse type of thing to see how how much can I push it to try to get actions up there before, oops, am I the one who has the most up there? Uh, so I love it. It's just one of my favorite games. This one is 
in my, for sure, my top 15 of all time, you know, sometimes hovers right around that 10 spot, even since City of the Big Shoulders is going to be bumping something off. I'll be telling you guys that here soon. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, but Brussels, 1893, that is my, uh, that's my next pick. Love that game. Yeah, By right. Etienne Esperman, who... Again, it's a God great... God bless you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm jealous. That was a good game. Good pick. Yeah, it's high up on my list. And this, this is a game where I think it would you know, it would benefit from an expansion at this point because I've Ooh. played it so many times. Yeah. Something where you either get some new actions or some some other some new, way to victory. Some new dudes, like yeah. dude people yeah. that you get. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice to have something different there. Yeah, I would agree with you. That's that's for sure. I mean, it's still a great game no matter what. Yeah, but no, I, yeah, yeah. It still is one that when you played it a while, yeah, expansion would be nice. All right, Chad, rolling back into you. So I talked a little bit about Ryan Courtney's prototype of his stock game, which I really liked at five. I'm not picking it. Okay, oh, calm I was down. about to say. I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to. But, but it's fair. not fair. It's well, not published. He picked Irish Gauge last uh, yeah, time that's before he'd even played it. Well, that was an that's actual true. game. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> out, that's true, out there. It's published. <laughs> Anyway, I would allow. It. I would say <laughs> thanks. I would say uh, R- Ryan. You know this game when it comes out, I, I, I like it at the five and the six player just because of how much stuff is going on and movement with the stocks and that kind of stuff. And I think what Ryan was doing with it was kind of going, okay, I I want to do stockpile, but I want to do it my way. And so it's thinkier than that. But again. Stockpile is another one that I like at five because so much movement and and information and stuff is going on with the stocks. It's a lighter game, but it's still really fun to play around the table. And I I have called this a party game and everybody on the Slack chat's like, that's not a party game. It's not a party game. It isn't. But it feels like that to me, I guess, when when everybody gets going and you're, you know, bluffing and kind of kind of doing the uh, the stock movement and selling and trying to get people wondering what you're doing with the stock and why and w- is the stock going to drop or what's going to happen, those kinds of things. And then there's the great little auction mechanism of, oh, nope, I outbid you, have to go somewhere else. And so Seth Van Orden and Brett Sobel, I believe, are the designers. It's great, great game from Nauvoo Games. I think I think Chad just realizes that last draft he won because he took stockpile. I know. Like, Man, take I'll take stockpile again. I can win another draft. Yeah. <laughs> Although I started catching up. I you will did. say that in you, the in you, the boats. You, I started catching up. I think your Mombasa still has some good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good yeah, traction. yeah. I would. I would I'm, definitely. Obviously, I'm. I besides anybody like you know the smart people like Ben Coberly who knows <laughs> Capstone games are amazing, uh, but most people haven't played Ark Rider Wildcatters, so that's why I kind of you know was yeah. down there low, but that's okay. Hey. You know what these drafts are really made for is not for us to try to win, but if they're there to try to introduce different games so we're not all talking about the same ones. Right. Yeah. But exactly. we all, but I still I mean, try we all genuinely yeah. like them, and I'm <laughs> right. still going to try to win. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I, I think Stockpile is genuinely a, a good game at five specifically. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right, Richie. What all do you right. Got? Uh, I don't know. I know I've played this with Chad and Vince. I don't know. Or, yeah, I don't know if I played with you at all, mm. Clef, but nothing personal would be – Another game that the oh, more the merrier. Never played it. You've never played it. Never played You'd it. You'd probably hate it. You would hate <laughs> it. I'm talking hate it. It sounds like, like I'd hate it. I yeah. would want to almost play that game with the little green mice from Root that toast. Yeah. Because he just, I mean, he would just. You get real mad. Yeah. And What's it called again? <laughs> Nothing, Nothing personal. personal. Nothing personal. So it's a. Oh, is that the Tom Vassell game? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Correct. No, I don't yep. think I'd like it at all. <laughs> so it's a retheming and kind of reworking of Kremlin, which is an older game where you were heads of. Russian states or whatever I don't know. It's a great production. Uh, I think it's from Game Salute, which I don't think they're called Game Salute anymore. But in the game, you have like this hierarchy where you have uh, the boss or the capo at the top, 
And then you have different influence chips that you are placing out there to take control of these gangsters, which give you different actions that you can take. And you're trying to get the most respect or points on the board. Why you would hate this, Clef, is one, it's extremely in your face. At any time, like if there's a dice roll that you don't like, you can pay $10. You don't even have to be involved in the in the deal at what? all. You can throw $10 out and say, re-roll that. So oh my God. like you can really mess with people in this game, which is why I like it. Also, negotiation deals are completely non-binding. Yes, So you could promise something, and then it comes up. And that's how I got screwed in the game that we played. Is, yeah. is we're, We started out, <laughs> nobody had really had a handle for the game except for you. And we started out ha- having a really, really nice game until people sort of got the hang of it in the end. And then... And then one of my friends who doesn't play as many games, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, well, Chad, that's fine. Come on, jump in on this and I'll take care of you. We won't, you know, and then he popped my guy in the end and I totally lost. Yeah, but you're you're trying to kill other people's gangsters, send them to jail, lie to them. And like I said, that is one of my favorite mechanisms in the games that no matter what, even if you're not involved, you can just throw $10 out there and say, nah, reroll that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds absolutely dreadful. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he was going to say his favorite mechanism in games is lying to people. Yeah, I'm pretty much. Well, should be. <laughs> I just put that on repeat and play it for Jessica over and over. <laughs> all right, what's your last one, Richie? And the uh, all right, so for my last pick, and yeah, Chad, you're probably going to win this again with Stockpile, but <laughs> I'm going to go with Thunder Alley. Have either one of you played Thunder Alley? I went bowling at a bowling alley. <laughs> no, that was <laughs> no, no, no to that, and no to yes. <laughs> anything else that had to do with that. It's a uh, <laughs> Thunder Alley. Thundercats. <laughs> no. uh, I have not played it, but that's that card racing game, right? Yeah, from GMT. Yeah, I want. I do want to play that because I, I love like the card driven style that GMT does, and within a racing game, I think that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I think you guys would actually like it because I mean, I have no interest in NASCAR or you know stock car racing, anything like that. But it's actually extremely interesting as far as when you're playing out your cards and you're moving your cars, you can link up with other people's cards out there because you're drafting and you can drag people along with you or and try to like put them in bad situations and different things like that. But fun game overall. I, it's been a while since I've played it, but it's one of those games where you want a lot of people in the game. That's why it's best five. Five and six is probably where you would want to play it at. Five might be the sweet spot for it, but yeah. Just a solid racing game. Could not tell you who the designer is, so I'm going to let Chad do that. Uh, the designer is actually <laughs> Jeff and Carla Horger. Uh, they, they're they're the designers of the game. And, I, you know, most of those racing games kind of play better at a little bit higher player counts anyway, yeah, so sure. I can see that. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I would love to get in a play of that now that you talk about it. Sounds fun. But not something I had thought of, so yeah. cool. All right. Sounds good. All right, All right. Here's your I'm torn pick. on what to pick for my last game here. I'm going to go with uh, Steak Elm, actually. Trick-taking game Steak Elm, and I'll tell you why. I, I like Steak Elm best at five because you're getting all the suits in the game, so you're not taking any of the colors out. You are also... You are also have enough around the table that people aren't really splitting up. Everybody is kind of all for themselves and going after whoever they can get to. And you really are kind of splitting up messing messing with people around the table when you get to the five player count rather than like three players where you can kind of just focus on downing one person or two and two and that sort of thing. So I, I really like Steak Elm at the five player count particularly. And that's that's gonna be my my five. Because I really love that game in my my family. Well, I don't know how much my wife does, but my son really loves that game. So that's that's gonna be my my last one. It was on my short list, but I, I hmm. do think I like it 
better at three because hmm. you yeah. have a little bit more control. But I, I, I would agree that it's probably like more fun, more, more chaotic people. fun. Yeah. yeah, is what I would call Definitely. it. Five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Still a good game. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, we've gotten a lot of games on here. Um, we've gotten some good Euro games. We've gotten a little bit of a hybrid. So you guys are going to be shocked at this. But I'm just trying to tell people good games that play five plus better. And I'm going to tell you right now. One of the best, well, I mean, Ameritrash with a little bit of Euro in there that's out there is Twilight Imperium. It's a great game. Okay. Um, you know, it has become less and less a game that I, you know, just with the time and and well, the teach, if you have to teach it, you know, it's, it's one of those games that I've, I've maybe moved a little bit away from. But as I've said many times, I've played the game, you know, 20, 30, 40 times. I don't know, some amazing amount because we were playing it once a month there for a while. And it's definitely one of those games it's it's a lot of fun when you get for sure i mean i would never want to play this game with you know four or less i would want to always play it five six and the original game that or the uh you know the third edition where you could play even seven or eight it just made it that much more fun because there's so much more going on there's so many more people you know that you have to worry about plus uh the negotiation because there's a lot of negotiation with these uh, political cards that come out it really plays much better at the, at the higher player counts, you know, the the, the six really even and more. Uh, so it is definitely a game. If you like Ameritrashy where you're kind of fighting, but yet still has some Euro-y stuff in it, you know, you're building up technologies and you're doing different things. Definitely worth it. I, I mean, I know I taught you guys, we probably played it. Did we play it at five or six? I six. Played we it played it at six. 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 Yeah. Yep. Does the board scale for smaller player counts? Yes. Yes, it okay. does. Yeah, so that's uh, Christian Peterson over there at Fantasy Flight Games. He's not not there anymore, but that's his big. That's his that's big, big game. So, it's it is definitely worth it. I know one of our local listeners, Jake, who we've talked about. It's it's his favorite game, and he uh, you know he admits you know he doesn't get to play it very often. You know it might be something he gets to play once a year, but the times that you get to play it, it is a big epic game. And quite honestly, I mean you know. I, Somebody called me up right now. Everybody knew how to play it. I didn't have to worry about teaching anybody. Still a game that I'm going to sit down and, and, and enjoy, if nothing else, uh, the camaraderie. And yeah, so it was either that or I was going to pick Root, you know, because I really like Root. <laughs> With the expansion. Well, yeah, well, you got to have the expansion. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That plays best at four, though. Oh, for sure. does, okay. I, yeah. well, somehow I'm going to have to take your word on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So that ends our draft. So, real quick, I'll run over. Um, so I had ground floor. Strasbourg, Brussels 1893, and Twilight Imperium. Richie had Kimmet, Princes of Florence, Nothing Personal, and Thunder Alley. And Chad had Tammany Hall, The Estates, Stockpile, and Stickland. Stickland. Yeah, it's prick in English, all right? (laughs) Were there any uh... honorable mentions that we wanted to go over? So I I say this is actually kind of a yeah. tough list because a lot of like non-party games, once you get to that five-player count, they get too long, and I I yeah. don't prefer them. I would agree. At those higher player counts. Yeah, uh, yeah. I what you have? What else did you have on your list, Richie? Like I had Caverna, but that that's also one where Oof. like four is kind of the ceiling. Ooh, yeah. I don't mind. Uh, I, I've done seven. Yeah, so. well, yeah. I know. That's you just told like, us it was a nightmare. That's just seven like was a nightmare. Five is better. Of, of paper cuts. <laughs> right. You're just, if you're comparing, if you're comparing five to seven. Then yes, five is better. But that's true. Uh, Concordia was on there, but I'll play Concordia at any player count. Like there's nothing special about the five okay, player yeah, game. Yeah, right. Okay. Concordia, depending on the map, sort of. Uh, 
and then Medici would be another one I would name where the more the merrier in that game. Most yeah. of the time with auction games, yeah. you know, the more yep. people, the better the game is. Yeah, for Agreed. sure. Agreed. What about you, Chad? Did you have anything on your honorable mentions? So, you know, I felt like for me, the games that I ran into that played the best at, because I just took my list five pretty much. And the games that I thought played best at five primarily were area control games. They just seem to lend themselves to that in the way that they, they build up the player counts with those games. So one was a game that I demoed consistently at Origins in addition to some of the other games there, and that was Adrenaline. And so Adrenaline plays really great at five. And Richie, I'm anxious. Now Now I've really gotten it solid. I'm Did you anxious. get to play the team? Yeah, the nice. team stuff. We got that out there. And and that's actually, it was funny. I was talking to Paul, and he's like, that's the way I want to play this game now. It feels like it was designed to be played that way. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is a lot of fun. And actually, you kind of learn that the better you are at the game, the more it becomes an efficiency euro, and you can kind of see how you how you really can make some satisfying combos and stuff. But, uh, yeah, Adrenaline was one of them. Um, Rialto, actually, by Feld, which has a large area control component to it, is really great at five Mm -hmm. because you are choosing those action cards, and only the person who has the most of them is the one who gets to do the action. So that's always better with higher player counts, in my opinion, as well, because you're really vying there. And then the other one that I had, uh, the other two, actually, I had Irish Gage, because I really did like it at five because yeah. more people are vying for those stocks. Sure, it says online three to four is the best, but to me, I think mm. five is better. Yeah, I, I haven't played it enough to be able to make a determination, so that's why I didn't I didn't quite put it on my list. But yeah, okay, and what else? And the last one, I don't, I didn't put it on there because I wasn't sure if it qualified as a party game, but Sheriff of Nottingham, I really like at five, so I don't know if... if... Yeah, I'd probably put that more in the in the party game type yeah. of atmosphere, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised. I thought maybe you would say Age of Steam. I did put Age of Steam on there, mm-hmm. but I ha- I haven't played enough Age of Steam to decide That's, that yet. Right. I really liked our five player and how tight it was, mm-hmm. but I would be interested to see how it played at four player and if mm-hmm. that was a little bit less, you know, a little less tense about building out your route because sure. I know you we we all bunched up when in our one play of five uh, down there at the bottom yeah, and some yeah. people were frustrated and i don't know yeah but you could be right i did i wasn't sure so that's a that's a good call i had it on my list just didn't come out what about you uh yeah i had actually i still have a few on here that i think really play well as is kind of euro type of five players one i don't know if you guys have played this one is lancaster yeah mm-hmm. i've been hearing I more and more it. about that and i really want to play it mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's from queen games and it is definitely once again it has has some uh, voting in it for these different laws but it also has really what you would almost consider area control where you go use these knights and different things to bump different people off of spots plays really well at 5 simple rule set easy to learn you know quick type of game for 5 that's matthias Kramer as well, right? I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and he, I, you know, the rule thing, the voting on the laws or the rules sounded best to me about that, where yeah. where you're deciding which rule is going to play out and probably talking to other players right. during the round and trying to influence that. Yep. Um, another one I had on here was Pillars of the Earth with the expansion. So, I mean, I don't know. That's a little bit of a cheat, but uh, my good friend Dan Smith has the expansion and I've gotten to play this at, at five. And I thought it was really, really good at five because the more players... The more, you know, pulling that stuff out of the bag bag. is is more entertaining. I really liked it at that. So I'm jealous. Oh, it's a good one. And then the last one, uh, this one, I think plays good at five and it plays good at six is uh, Empire's Age of Discovery. Oh, yeah. That's another one that I want to play again. Yeah, that one is a really, once again, I don't want to play that at a lower player count. That is 
when I get a lot of people and we're like, okay, what are we going to play for a game? That's definitely one that I'm always like, hey, this is a good one to play with uh, five or, or especially even six players because it just makes it a lot more tense with the area control and such out there. So, yeah, that was another one in my head. I, I, I liked this. I don't always want to play it, but Glenn Drover made a really great kind of hybrid of an area control and worker placement with that game. and. Yeah. And so uh, that was a good pick. I forgot about that one. Uh, one game I'm very surprised that neither one of you picked was Scythe. You guys I'm feel not like a that huge place? Scythe fan. I, I, I like Scythe, yeah, but okay. and I, I own well, everything for it. Chad, but I'm I not, guess maybe, yeah. I like Scythe it. as well, but I'm not convinced that, for instance, five players is much you better should, than four. Okay, so that's where you kind of thought. Yeah. Okay, I just like you just said. I thought if I was guessing, I thought that would be one that somebody would have taken. So we promised last time to do this. So we're going to do it. We're going to hit it real quick. We got to move on to Punchboard Previous Plays. Punchboard Previously Plays. I'm just going to leave that in as the music. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. And then after that, if, after that, if you could add a... <laughs> Ichiwawa or whatever the heck yeah, Ichiwawa Ichiwawa Oh and I could make a Teo Tawakin uh, <laughs> little sound clip for yeah. Michelle Yeah like uh, what do they call that ASMR or whatever for Michelle just like do some whispering and some lip smacking and then Teo Tawakin Oh my god all right. All right. So we are talking about Carthago. It has been a year since we played Carthago by Bernard Eisenstein or Bernd Eisenstein, I think it is, and from Capstone Games. And uh, we're going to revisit our our ratings. But before we do that, I think we should should uh, kind of listen to what some people said on our guild about the game. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of our friends and listeners, Ben Coberly, uh, said that he's had about four plays of Carthago, but has really enjoyed him. He likes the tactical nature because there's a lot of back and forth there. He said that that's nice when it's mixed with the long-term strategy of building up influence, but he doesn't think he's quite gotten the hang of how to be good at the game yet necessarily. He does dislike that... The, he dislikes the warship feeling about the game because he feels like it takes a long time to build up your ability to defeat ships. And it's not re really worth trying to do battle until you've built that up because it's just such a luck of the draw off the top of the deck type thing that you really have to build that up to have between, you know, you, you could get between one and six power there and it's a big range. So that that's one thing that kind of irritates him. But overall, he he seems to really like the game. He didn't give us a rating. One of our other listeners said, uh, Aaron Aaron Schmidtkins said that he really likes the kind of quick thinking nature of the game. It moves pretty fast for him. And he says it's a nice filler game, but with some meat to it. That was a couple of thoughts from our guild. Clef, why don't why don't we revisit your rating on the game? Do you well, remember what you gave it um, last time? Uh, yeah, I, I gave it a four. Um, I said it was really close to a five. And I said, if there was some sort of an expansion or something that came out with it, it could possibly push it up to a five. Well, Richie, we got an expansion for it. Which yeah. Made some different uh, powers Added and different things. Different achievement tiles. Yep. And, yep. and I completely lied because it did not push it to a five. No, it didn't. That it didn't quite make, in fact, that one power almost made the game not feel as good. Yeah, it took the tension away where you didn't have to pay the extra card when you went to right. a spot. Right. Now, we did play because this was a... This was part of the advent calendar, the Brett Spiele mm -hmm. advent calendar. Yeah. 
and we we played with all of the new achievement tiles True. all at once. So yeah. it may be a little bit better if you're mixing them in, but definitely that one in a two-player game made it a whole lot less yeah. interesting. Which is what's so good about the game is how tight it was for such a quick uh, game. Um, it, I still like it. I still enjoyed our play of it. I would still recommend this as a good game for people to pick up, but I think it's going to sit right at my four that I gave it before. I think it's just right in that nice sweet spot of it's a, it's a good game. I still own my copy. I'm glad I have it. Um, you know, and, and honestly, I think that's just where the game should be. I mean, I don't like, I don't think it needs anything more. It's one of those games I'm still going to play a few times a year. Nice to pull out and teach some new people, but yeah, sitting right at a four. Yeah. Richie? And I would have to agree. I think the I, I'm glad I picked up that little uh, mini expansion for it. Uh, I think if you if you find it somewhere, I don't necessarily think I would go out and you know seek it out. But if you find it cheap somewhere, I definitely re- recommend picking it up just because you can mix in those different uh, tiles. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just a four. It's just a good, solid game that you're going to yeah. play every once in a while. Yeah. What about you, Chad? I rated it at a four to begin with. And I'm still going to keep it at a four. I think one of the things that we talked about, too, was that two-player game making the ship thing a little bit tighter, that dock where you go out there. Because everything else feels tighter in a three- or four-player game. It feels like that game was meant to be tight, but you don't have to, in a two-player game, you don't have to have that. So I always, when I play two-player, I want to tighten that up and only let one player go to the, I think it's called the docks there. The war docks. Yeah, the war dock. And and so so that, that, you know... That uh, is kind of a way I'd like to see the game, you know, the rule set kind of just recommended if if it gets another printing of it. But overall, it is a good game, not a great game, but it's a good, good game. And it is a f- good filler game. And four is right where it needs to sit for me. And I'm happy to own it because I did buy it later after after we had reviewed this. So I'm happy to own it and I will still play it. All right. So that is our previously Punch. played punch board, previously played review of Carthago. This finally concludes Ooh. our supersized episode that Richie is really looking forward to editing. <laughs> mm, excited. <laughs> but hopefully... You should really be able to edit out all the bloopers in this episode. Yeah, yeah. So, be great. Although I'm going to leave in your Punchboard previous play song. Oh, boy. No, please. Please, no. Hopefully... You guys have found something interesting about all our stories at Origins. For those that we got to see at Origins, we you really made the con for us. Clef and I, we had we played some great games, but we said on the way home that was one of the best cons. And the reason it was one of the best cons is everybody that we got to hang out with and yeah. meet. And really, that's you made the con for us. So if you're listening, thank you. You're the reason that we had a great time at Origins. And for those that are listening and haven't, hopefully... A, you get to meet up with Clef at Gen Con, or B, we're going to meet up at a con sometime soon because we really appreciate it. Yeah. If you're listening and you haven't, please check us out at Punchboard Paradise on Facebook. You can check us out on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise. You can hit us up on Twitter at Punchboarders. You can even shoot us an email if you like at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. And you know what? One of the best things you can do if you really enjoy us is tell a friend about Punchboard Paradise. That's why Luke's a good listener. He told his buddy Anthony they're good friends and they like each other more now that they are Punchboard Paradise buddies. Wow. So, yeah, so it's nice. Uh, so tell a friend about Punchboard Paradise if you enjoy listening. And, you know, give us a review. We like reviews. Yeah, you get a be- you become a punch bunch. Yeah, part you of the punch bunch. Yeah, part bunch. of the punch bunch. Serious. Yeah. And we're working on some nice T-shirt designs for the punch bunch. Yeah. So get on it. Get on our Slack chat. Send us an email. Email. But 
Thank you all for listening. We enjoy you. Have a great night. All right, everybody. Have a great one. Thanks for listening.